Hello, it's Vanessa Garrity here from um, Beyond the Room. I'm at the Making Sense of Voice Hearing event, um, which has just finished in York. So I'm here now with um, Rob Allison, one of the organisers, and Ruth Lafferty, who's been speaking at the event today. And we just wanted to share some reflections, really, on how the day has gone. So I'm going to hand you over to, um, to Rob. Hello. Uh, I thought today went really well. It was a really enjoyable day. We had um, six presentations, um, all very different, all very interesting, um, ranging from uh, people's experiences of, of uh, voice hearing um, and ranging to people's research study, uh, ongoing research study information. So it was a, it was a good mix of, of different perspectives. Yeah, it was. Um, I found it really useful, um, just in terms of um, some of the perspectives drawn from sort of the arts and the humanities. It was quite a unique um, way I felt of formulating um, an event about voice hearing, and not something that you hear all the time. So that for me, that was a really positive mm -hmm. about today. Um, I know Ruth, um, you're one of the speakers today. Do you yes. want your? Um, I found your talk absolutely fascinating, by the way. I and do too. Uh, yeah, yeah, really unique and personal view of how you've used sort of creative um, forms to um, to help sort of make sense of, of voices and living voices. I wondered if um, you wanted to just share with the online community some snippets from what you were talking about today. Yeah, sure. Um, yes, I was um, mainly. Uh, focusing on the process uh, mm. of art making and its relationship with hearing voices for me um, in terms of finding a very safe and expressive uh, process in which to um, describe to myself primarily and to describe to my voices um, some of the uh, unvoiceable mm. um, experiences uh, in my life, things that I can't even put words to, yeah. and certainly wouldn't want to put words to um, to another person. So, I find I found um, the process of art making and mark making, um, and using colour, light, dark, shade, um, those things as a as a metaphoric representation of some of the experiences I've had. So it allows me to process and reflect on it without using. Mm. Um, the emotional loading of verbal yeah. uh, of words. Yeah. Um, it's just a different medium with which to, to process some of my experiences uh, with the aim of um, recovery, I suppose, mm. or another step forward and another way of communicating with my voices other than voice dialoguing, um, something we talked about during the, uh, one of the other seminars. Um, so yeah, that was uh, mm. that's primarily what I wanted to, to yeah. talk Yeah, it's really interesting. And um, the journey that you talked about, did you just find that naturally yourself because you're a creative person, or how did that come about? Um, I suppose a slight bit of uh, a bit of serendipity, which I think life mm. is like that. I like that word. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've always I suppose I've always been a creative person, always always had a drive to make, but I I don't think that's unique to me. I think that's mm. that's a human thing. Um, Everybody needs to, to, to put a mark on, yeah. on, on the world in some way or other. Um, perhaps I like to do it more directly <laughs> by making. Um, 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 yes. That's right. 
One of the things that I found interesting that you talked about, and it was a new term for me when you were talking about psychogeography and about mm. the significance of mountains and, um, and looking out over the top of a mountain. So it was really interesting um, metaphor for how yeah. you describe things. Yes, that was something I, I found early, mm. early in my voice hearing career yeah. <laughs> experience yeah. was, um, yes, the usefulness. I think mm. it, and it started off, I think it started off as a, as a getting away from, mm. um, yeah. um, uh, one of the other speakers put it beautifully about, uh, about um, the voices in, in our heads saying the things that we just don't want to hear, but we can't, we can't turn a channel off, we can't close a door on it, it just yeah. comes with us, yeah. particularly at the times that we find it most, most difficult to tolerate. Um, and so I, I think the walking and um, climbing mountains was, was an effort to get away from those things, but actually what it brought me was a, a, an opportunity to get a different perspective, yeah. um, which I didn't necessarily value at the time. Um, mm. But I knew that those those experiences mm. and those sort of <coughs> experiences of looking out on a different vista, I knew it was important at the time, but I suppose I process it now yeah. in a slightly different way, yeah. getting on top of something, mastering something. I think it's really fascinating because I mean I've done a lot of mindfulness and in mind mm. in mindful terms obviously mountains can be quite grounding and something yes. that I like myself if yeah. I see a mountain yeah. and obviously using the mountain as a metaphor mm. in, in meditation as mm. well so I did mm. relate to to what you were saying um, at an event I was at recently they were talking um, about the coast so use it you know so we hear a lot about nature but we don't hear as much focus on the coast and I mean it was an event in York actually so right. I think it's really interesting that we're starting to think about the sea and nature in that sense as well and for me um, you know particularly with some of our coastal towns being so deprived it's yeah. being able to look at them yeah 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 mm -hmm. yeah mm. and I know you mentioned about urban mm. um, landscapes as well yes urban landscapes are that they they can communicate something for me that's very that can be very powerful and graphic mm -hmm. Uh, in terms of its relationship with our internal landscape. I suppose my my default is always to look at the natural landscape, yeah. but um, but that has something to say about, um, you know, the urbanising of our minds. Um, yes, there's, there's plenty of scope for yeah, <laughs> yeah. artistic exploration. Yeah, my, yeah. I suppose my, my favourite is always to go to the natural um, yeah. contours. Yeah, yeah. And, um, and Rob, um, do you want to say something about your research that you were talking about today, which I found very interesting from a mental health nursing perspective myself? Um, yeah, and I guess I focused on, in my presentation, um, I focused on, on a specific part of my research, which is around that interaction between um, a voice hearer and a practitioner. Um, mm. Because I'm really drawn to the interplay between interpersonally what's going on for a person yeah. and interpersonally when yeah. they are relating with a practitioner. Yeah. Um, so I would see the voice hearing experiences as, as transcending across those two mm. um, those dynamics. Yeah. Um, and I guess from I suppose the mental health nurse in me wants to try and help create a better understanding of that. Yeah. So at least um, have a great appreciation and, and try and help I suppose mm. and, and reduce the, the, the distress that happens in yeah. those situations yeah. um, because I guess it's difficult to appreciate the consequences of those interactions mm. uh, and, and how it 
contribute to a person continuing to have difficulties in relating with their own voices and in turn relating with, mm. with other people. I thought that was really interesting. I've never seen it um, portrayed that way, obviously, okay. thinking about the times when I used to work on and, and manage um, wards and the mm. environment and some of the sort of social power um, that mm. you named as well, which was, which was really interesting mm. I thought and useful because it's not talked about is it but and some of the, the you know some more what you were saying about coercion and yeah. people thinking that um you know the mental health act might be used if they mm. if they talked about things I think it's important that that's talked about because it's, um, it's not always voiced is it no I, I think it's difficult to appreciate that a person may be um wrestling with um, their voices and feeling really overpowered and mm. overwhelmed, while at the same time yeah. um, perceiving that they're being yeah. potentially threatened by a practitioner yeah. um, with the use of mental health acts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's interesting, and I think that leads me nicely on to um, some of the conversation on Twitter, really, that we've yeah. had. Um, and thank you to everyone um, on Twitter who's joined the conversation because um, it's been a really interesting, probably quite critical perspective that's been shared online today. Mm. So as I shared in the room at the end of um, the event today, some of the conversation on Twitter has been about the recovery movement and about people who um, aren't able to um, contribute to some of the sort of um, narrative um, making sense of voice hearing approaches that we've heard about today. Um, people who feel that um, they use medication and they don't feel able to talk about using medication. And, um, and also we had um, a reference to um, the recovery movement being um, uh, um, related to cancer really, um, in the sense that um, people recovering from cancer are becoming scientists as um, an analogy for recovery and um, I think that was really interesting um, and important that we share we share the view that people are saying online and I think that does feed into some of the political narrative and political agenda around the fact that we don't have as many um, long-term care options for people and we talk a lot about people recovering and getting better and I know Rob you mentioned about then the whole sort of celebrity um, endorsement around around mental health and recovery and that not everybody does recover so I think it's important conversation um, I wondered if either of you two had any views that you wanted to share um, on on that really on some of the criticism of recovery well, I think we it was recognized in the room um, when we discussed yeah. that, but, but it's you know it is complex of course, of course and yeah. I think when you try and uh, communicate that in the narrow field that Twitter allows it, it, yeah. it can polarise it can't it? Definitely. It doesn't always mm. best reflect people's true views, it just, it's a view that's put forward on mm. Twitter. Um, I don't know, there's so, so much there, I mean in terms of the medication I think we recognise that it's neither good or bad, mm. it, it is what it is. I, I, I think that the issue is as long as a person has control over it. Yeah. I think one of the concerns I mentioned in my presentation isn't the fact that medication is used or not used, it's the fact that it's there's an over-reliance on it in yeah. services. Yeah. And that is coupled with a lack of involvement or control in people's own treatment decisions. Mm. So I think that's the issue, not, not yeah. medication in itself. 
Um, in terms of uh, uh, recovery, I mean, that's such a <laughs> massive topic. Thing, yeah. What is recovery? I think everybody kind of acknowledges that it's a very personal thing mm. that can change constantly over time for, for individuals. Mm. I think sometimes though people find it very difficult to identify what is important to them and what's meaningful for them and what might be important last year might not be important mm. the next year. Yeah. Um, unfortunately service doesn't services don't always recognise that mm. um, because that isn't an easy box to tick if you're yeah. um, trying to help people recover in services. Mm. Yes, I think something similar. I suppose recovery is such an interpretable thing, and it depends on what narrative line you take with it. I think there's some some people um, around me that would say I'm, you know, I'm still sick because I can't because I can't do the mm. job that I used to do. Yeah. For example, um, there are other people around me that you know say I'm on a journey. I would say that I'm on a journey. I'm not recovered, but I'm. Rec- uh, whatever, whatever that means. Yeah. Um, I suppose I just view it as I'm I'm in a process that um, I'm on a journey that that is uh, improving my life. I suppose. Yeah. Uh, generally, uh, not day to day necessarily, but you know, over over sort of measuring it over periods of time. It's very you know, it's very difficult to sort of measure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Recovery really, but. Um, in in general I suppose I'm aware of resources um, that not everybody's starting at the same point um, in terms of their recovery journey Um, and you know some people find it easier to access services some people um, find it easier to um, identify goals for recovery all all sorts of things um, play into that but I I think resources global uh, national resources um, and in you know interpersonal resources, internal resources, all play a part in that, and it's it, it's so complex, it's so individual. Yeah. Um, and do um, heartily accept that you know it is it is a challenge yeah. for for an awful lot of people mm-hmm. uh, to find the kind of hope and to feel that they can make a choice. Yeah. Most people don't feel like it is a choice. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I suppose um, what we've said about being personal and individual is really um, capturing what people were saying because people online were saying that not everybody is in the conversation mm-hmm. and that for some people who don't feel able to engage in any, for example, of the experience-focused counselling or some of the sort of voice dialogue work, mm-hmm. um, that they don't feel in this conversation that we've been having today because they're not able to um, have a voice in that. So I suppose... Mm-hmm. What I was hearing was about how we include everyone in the conversation about voice hearing. Mm. Um, however, I do think that today it has been quite progressive because we've had lots of people here today talking about their own experiences mm. of, of hearing voices, not only you know speakers today, but people in the audience who've been sharing their experiences. And we've also had um, myself here um, you know, sharing that online and making sure that the voices of people online are in the room so I do think that we've kind of made as much mm. of an effort as we can in that way but of course I think we do always need to 
make sure we are including everyone in the yes. conversation. Mm-hmm. So I think, mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. hopefully that answers um, people's questions. <laughs> so are there any um, final comments that you'd like to make about today? I suppose, well, from my point of view, I think um, I would like to think the, the aim certainly is that this, this won't be a one-off, that this will be the start of um, a, a more regular Brilliant. Uh, a regular event um, so that's the intention going forward mm. and I think in doing that it's about bringing in people like we have today who, who are interested yeah, um, yeah. You know, ranging from you know, all walks of life or just anyone who's interested in, mm. in helping share knowledge and share learning about better understanding um, yeah. all, all the complexities that go with with, with voice hearing and, and not just voice hearing but, mm. but struggles in life um, yeah so hopefully that that's a key thing that comes from today that it's the start of something um, yeah that's great yes yes I'd agree with that entirely <laughs>